2: Good morning. Welcome to the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Glad to be back with you on this Thursday. Hope all is well in your world. As usual, a lot going on in the world around us. Very crazy (laughs) events unfolding in this very important year of 2024. As you know, it's a presidential election year. We've got presidential politics news. Of course, we've got the dropout of Chris Christie. I know this is profoundly shocking because he was doing so well. (laughs) Last night, debate between Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. The only significant candidates left standing, those who are trying to take out Donald Trump we will talk about that also what's going on in the world stage as it relates to the war situation we've not only got the middle east situation we've also got ukraine and a very intriguing statement from the leader of another country that's not been in the picture at all expressing concern about war what is this about also, got some new polling information. It's a little bit of encouraging news for, believe it or not, Joe Biden. Quite shocking based on some of the data that we have seen thus far. And we're going to talk about some economic news. After indications that the Fed had successfully gotten the inflation issue under control. We've got some contrary information that is out just today. We will talk about that coming up in just a few minutes. I want to begin with some good news. You know, one of the things I find encouraging, I don't know about you, do you ever find yourself in a situation where, I mean, you know, it, it sounds kind of elementary. You've heard the expression, when at first you don't succeed, try, try again. And sometimes loss can be overwhelming to the point where you're just like, you know, I'm, I'm just going to give up on this altogether. I may have a dream of accomplishing something. And you just kind of think, you know, this is kind of especially if you have a situation you think might be a once in a lifetime thing and it doesn't quite work out. It's like, I'm not going to get another shot. And so the temptation can be, you know, I'm just going to give this up. I'm going to put aside my dream because this is just not going to materialize. It can be so easy to take that position. So it's really encouraging, even if it doesn't happen for me. I'm encouraged, again, when I see people get a second chance and those folks are able to come through with flying colors. Case in point, I hope I'm pronouncing this young man's name correctly, Rotimi Koyi. Now, if you're a fan of Jeopardy!, you're probably familiar with this young man. He's a UNC sophomore. WTVD reports on this young man and his exploits. This UNC sophomore came from behind in dramatic fashion to win on Jeopardy. Here's the interesting thing. It was his second time on Jeopardy. He was actually invited back to participate in a second chance tournament with other near winners. See, I don't know about you, but this is the kind of thing that I'm thinking if I was on the show one time and did not win, how likely do you think it is you're going to get another chance? This is like a, a, a huge deal. But the interesting thing is this young man got that second opportunity. And he aced it, absolutely aced it. Kakoyu was first on Jeopardy nearly six years ago when he competed in the Teen Tournament as a ninth grader. Imagine. And I know especially when you're a young man, all the insecurities of growing up, the challenges that you're dealing with, here you've got this national audience and you bombed out. Now, a few years later, you get the same opportunity again. Now, Kokoi is a Moorhead Kane scholar, majoring in health policy and management while minoring in biology and chemistry. This kid is no academic slouch. Not surprisingly, he would like to become a physician. I would say this young man's well on his path. His second appearance on Jeopardy aired Tuesday. An extremely competitive game with all three contestants separated by just $2,200. Kikoyi was in second place, just $600 behind the leader. The final Jeopardy category, the ancient world. The clue was this text helped the soul, or Ka. Navigate the journey into a region called a Medi. Or Aminti. actually. Kikoi came up with the correct response. The Book of the Dead. He wagered just enough to place himself one dollar above the contestant who finished Double Jeopardy in third place. And also came up with the correct response in Final Jeopardy. Isn't this awesome? You know, it reminds me. One of my favorite game shows, I still like watching this. If if it's ever on somewhere, like if I'm in a store and the price is right is on, I have to watch. I love that show. Probably my all time favorite game show. I remember watching that growing up, and I loved those episodes where somebody, you know, either bids a dollar and all the other people overbid at the very beginning, you know how they pick the contestant out first or sometimes in the the final showdown when that person knows that the other person's overbid on their showcase they decide to bid a dollar because the person goes over doesn't matter how off you are you're not going to overbid at a (laughs) dollar and that person ends up winning this is amazing one dollar above the contestant who finished double jeopardy in third place This is crazy. It all came down to whether the contestant who finished first after the first two rounds of the game had guessed the correct response. She had not. This victory means that Kikoi advances to a two-day final, competing for a spot in the Champions wildcard event. Winning that would then allow him a place in the upcoming Tournament of Champions. I think this is absolutely exciting. And it's a reminder to us, as elementary as this sounds, if at first you don't succeed, try again. And we wish this young man the best of success, not only on his show, but also with life. As he continues his journey to become a physician, I'm sure he will be a quality physician as our world needs so many of those in this day and age. We will delve into the news of the day coming up on the Vince Coakley radio program. Coming up first, we're going to talk about the economy. All these efforts by the Fed to get inflation under control. Is it working? New data will answer that question for us that much more as we continue our broadcast.
3: Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment.
2: On the Vince Coakley radio program. You know, we had this sense that things were under control. You remember, it was just a few weeks ago, we talked about the fact that supposedly the Fed was going to begin lowering interest rates again. And the rationale behind this was that inflation's under control. So there's no more concern about inflation. Well, now we've got some interesting information that's come out. CNBC reports the Consumer Price Index increased 0.3% in December. 3.4% from a year ago compared with respective estimates of 02 and 3.2%. So excluding volatile food and energy prices, the so-called core CPI rose 0.3% for the month. 3.9% from a year ago. Much the increase came due to rising shelter costs. This is not surprising at all. Have you seen what's happening? Not only with the increased costs of mortgages because of the interest rates going up, but also the rents for apartments. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. I mean, I've seen stories of $500 apartment prices going up by $500 a month. I mean, who can afford this? That category, housing, rose 0.5% for the month, and that's more than half the core CPI increase. Wages adjusted for inflation, 0.2% gain on the month. (laughs) Obviously, this is not keeping up with the expenses, is it? Not a pretty picture. Prices consumers pay for a variety of goods and services rose more than expected in December, and it shows inflation still holding a grip on the U.S. economy. That is not a good thing. Fed officials largely expect shelter costs to decline through the year as renewed leases reflect lower rents. <laughs> yeah. Food prices up 0.2% in December. That was the same as in November. Egg prices surged 89 in the month. Still down 23.8% annually. You remember when those egg prices went to the roof? Supposedly because of disease affecting a lot of the egg-producing chickens. Energy, 0.4% gain after sliding 2.3% in November. Gasoline up 0.2%. Natural gas down. Airfares up 1%. Motor vehicle insurance up one5 Medical care up by 0.6. Used vehicle prices, a key contributor to the initial inflation surge, increased another 0.5% after being 1.6% up in November. Bottom line is, you're getting hit left and right. And people wonder (laughs) the Biden people wonder well, why aren't people feeling like we're doing really well with Bidenomics? Why aren't they getting the message? We just need to double down on the message. Duh. Really? This is what they want you to believe. That's what they want you to believe. It's an entirely a messaging issue. No. People just tangibly are not feeling. And the reason they're not feeling is because... Somehow... Whatever they think is going on with this economy improving, it hasn't reached the consumer at the consumer level. Now, you can tell people all day, you can bring out all kinds of stats. That doesn't get the job done. So, we'll see how this figures into presidential politics. Speaking of, a number of items on this front coming up. We will share with you the latest polling information on a key swing state. It's actually good news for the Biden people. We'll tell you about this. Chris Christie dropping out of the race. (laughs) I asked the question, why was this man ever in it in the first place? Go figure. A country we've not heard about a long time. Concerned about war why is this concern expressed now we'll talk about this and much more as we continue our broadcast back to the Vince Coakley radio program 36 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. I want to tell you about a developing story as we talk about presidential politics. Donald Trump, where you will see him a lot in the coming months, in a courtroom. This time in a courtroom for his New York civil fraud trial. He arrived for closing arguments. And in true crazy form of the things that have been going on in general, Authorities responded to a bomb threat at the home of the judge who moved this week to prevent the former president from delivering his own closing statements. Authorities responded to the threat at Judge Arthur Ingeron's home on Long Island. The proceedings were not delayed by this at all. Trump, as you know, is the leading contender for the Republican presidential nomination, repeatedly disparaged the judge in the case, accusing him in a social media post Wednesday night working closely with the New York Attorney General to screw me. gosh. At this moment, the judge is not letting me make the summation because I'll bring up things he doesn't want to hear, Trump said as he walked into the courtroom, characterizing the decision as political interference. This is a case that never should have been brought, he said. 5.30 a.m., hours before the trial's final day was set to begin, Nassau County police said they responded to a swatting incident at Ingeron's Great Neck home. Nothing amiss found at the location. The false report comes days after a fake emergency call reporting a shooting at the home of the judge overseeing Trump's Capitol attack criminal case in Washington, D.C. These two incidents follow a spate of similar false reports to the homes of public officials in recent days. I hope they find these people. On Wednesday, Ingran had mixed an unusual, he nixed an unusual plan by Trump to deliver his own closing remarks in the courtroom, in addition to summations from his legal team, after lawyers for the former president would not agree to the judge's demand that he stick to relevant matters. That will leave the last words to the lawyers. In a trial over allegations, Trump exaggerated his wealth on financial statements he provided to banks, insurance companies, and others. For her part, New York Attorney General Letitia James, a Democrat, wants the judge to impose $370 million in penalties. Trump says he did nothing wrong, did not lie about his fortune, and is the victim of political persecution. The former president wanted to make this argument personally, but the judge, initially open to the idea, said no after a Trump lawyer missed a deadline for agreeing to ground rules. Among them, Ingram warned that Trump could not use his closing remarks to deliver a campaign speech or use the opportunity to impugn the judge and his staff. So Trump is there as a spectator, despite the death of his mother-in-law and the launch of the presidential primary season with the Iowa caucus less than a week away. By the way, since this trial started October 2nd, Trump has gone to court nine times to observe, testify, and complain to TV cameras about the case, which he's called a witch hunt and a disgrace. So stay tuned for this one as we see this particular case wrapping up. This is just crazy. And speaking of legal situations, you saw the spectacle unfolding on Capitol Hill yesterday, where Hunter Biden decided to show up, they're trying to determine whether he was going to be held in contempt. And he decided to show up. And then when it got kind of hot, he decided to leave, which prompted Republicans to call him what he is a coward. Well, today. He's making a different appearance, this one not by his choice. This is on federal tax charges. This is in California for allegedly failing to pay more than a million dollars in taxes. He's been charged with nine counts related to a tax avoidance conspiracy prosecutors say he implemented over several years while enjoying a lavish and at times salacious lifestyle. He's yet to enter a plea on the charges, but Hunter Biden's attorney has argued they amount to nothing more than a political hit job. Republicans have focused on the president's son and his overseas business dealings with Ukrainian and Chinese companies, accusing Joe Biden himself of financially benefiting from Hunter Biden's dealings, claims that are yet unproven. The charges against Hunter Biden stem from a years-long investigation by David Weiss, the U.S. attorney for Delaware, who was appointed as special counsel by Attorney General Merrick Garland. That happened back in August. According to the indictment filed in California, where Hunter Biden lives, the president's son engaged in a four-year scheme to not pay at least $1.4 million in self-assessed federal taxes he owed for tax years 2016 through 19. And as if you need to be reminded... According to the indictment filed in California where Hunter Biden lives, the president's son engaged in a four-year scheme to not pay at least $1.4 million in self-assessed federal taxes he owed for tax years 2016 through 19. Defendant spent his money on drugs, escorts, and girlfriends, luxury hotels, rental properties, exotic cars, clothing, and other items of a personal nature. In short, everything but his taxes. They claim he falsely... Claimed some of their, these expenses, including payments to escorts, as deductions on his taxes. He since paid the IRS back what he owes in taxes and penalties. In his 2021 autobiography cited in the indictment, Hunter Biden detailed his struggle with addiction, including with crack cocaine, a period that overlaps with some of the time frame covered in this indictment. The Justice Department's previously said if convicted on these tax charges, Hunter could face a maximum of 17 years in prison. So those are the stakes for Hunter Biden. And as you know, the stakes are huge for Donald Trump financially, but also on the PR stage as he is running for president, because this is not just a matter of What happens, and his perception by the MAGA people, that's not going to change. The question is, what will independents think of him? What is Chris writing out about this time? Your buddy Trump was on Fox last night, saying that after he wins, the world will see something they've never seen before. The economy booming because of him. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Please. Uh, much more as we continue the Vince Coakley radio program. We will talk about this new poll that's out. It's a Quinnipiac University poll. And it's actually positive news for the Biden people. We'll talk about this. And interesting developments on the Republican side. of debate between Nikki Haley and DeSantis. One man was not there. He has dropped out of the presidential race. We will talk about Chris Christie. And much more as we continue our Thursday broadcast.
3: Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta. And check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
2: We are back on the Vince Coakley radio program. So I talked about the top issue probably for most Americans. It's the economy. This is the area where there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of discomfort, dissatisfaction. And yet... Now there is finally a piece of good news for the Biden team. It's a new Quinnipiac poll. You've heard all the news about what's going on with the angst and how even Democrats are not excited about their candidates going into the 2024 election season. In the swing state of Pennsylvania, a key one. President Joe Biden and former President Donald Trump remain in a too-close-to-call hypothetical 2024 general election matchup. 49% of registered voters supporting Biden. 46% supporting Trump. 49-46. This is the first time in Pennsylvania Biden has a numerical advantage over Trump. Now, back in October... Trump had 47, Biden had 45. In June, it was 47-46. Either way you look at it, this is very tight. In this most recent poll, Democrats back Biden 96 to 4. Republicans back Trump 89 to 7. Independents they're divided, 45% support Trump, 44 support Biden. In a five-person hypothetical 2024 general election matchup. That includes independent and Green Party candidates. Biden receives 41. Trump, 39. Robert Kennedy. Robert Kennedy Jr. gets 11%. Jill Stein at 4. Cornell West comes in at 2. And the 2024 Republican presidential primary. Donald Trump at 61. Nikki Haley at 14. DeSantis at 10. Chris Christie at 6. As I mentioned, Chris Christie has dropped out yesterday. Vivek Ramaswamy is in at 4%. Among registered Republican voters who supported candidate in the 2024 Presidential primary, 13% say it's very likely they will change their candidate choice if the candidate they're currently supporting is not a winner in one of the early primary states. 21% say it's somewhat likely, 16% not so likely, 45% say it's not likely at all. In the 2024 Democratic presidential primary, Biden is at 77. Author Marianne Williamson is at twelve. U.S. Representative from Minnesota, Dean Phillips, at 4%. In the crucial Senate race in Pennsylvania, Bob Casey, the incumbent, leading David McCormick 53-43. to 43. This is one of the states you will certainly want to watch with the control of the Senate in the balance. In October, Casey led McCormick 50-44. So those numbers really haven't changed very much. Democrats, 94 to 4, backing their candidate. Independents, 55, 39, backing Casey. Republicans, 87 to 9% backing McCormick, their candidate. A big infusion of independent support makes one of the most closely watched Senate races in 2024 a not-so-tight race. See, that's where McCormick has a lot of ground to make up down 55 to 39 that's going to determine whether he wins or not so that's a nice little snapshot of that picture with a lot of time to go here chris christie i know so many of you are chris christie fans i'm being facetious of course hmm <laughs> He announced that he's ending his campaign for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination. Marking the exit of the most outspoken critic of former President Donald Trump. But first, Christie made a few unofficial remarks off camera on a live microphone. Skewering his now former GOP rivals. In reference to Nikki Haley, he said she's going to get smoked. You and I both know it. She is not up to this. Ah. Also mentioned DeSantis had contacted him. He said, DeSantis called me petrified that I would. This is before the audio cut out. New Hampshire campaign chair Wayne McDonald confirmed to CNN he was on the other end of the conversation. Later Wednesday after the CNN debate, when asked if he was petrified about something, DeSantis said, no, look, I've been to Fallujah and Ramani. This is nothing. I did call him just because I felt he was being treated poorly. With all these people saying, like, you know, you should go. I said you every, have every right to do this. Christie wasn't kind in his assessment of his opponents. Anyone who's willing to say Trump is unfit to be president of the United States, Christie said, is unfit themselves to be president of the United States. So if they're not, un, you know, if they're not willing to say Trump is unfit. They're unfit. Okay. Now Christie's departure on the heels of a new batch of disappointing poll numbers, especially in New Hampshire, where he hoped a less conservative electorate would coalesce around his sharp opposition to Trump, whom he described as devoid of character. But as he told supporters in New Hampshire, the initial plan had not come together. He said, it's clear to me there isn't a path for me to win the nomination. This is why I'm suspending my campaign for president, This is just 13 days before the first in the nation primary. He called it the right thing for me to do. Promise he would never enable Donald Trump to become to ever be president of the United States again. Haley. Nikki Haley. Likely to be the biggest beneficiary of Christie's exit. She's pulled to within single digits of Trump. We talked about that poll. 65 of Chris Christie's supporters, 12% of the total listed Haley as their second choice she trailed trump 39 to 32 will this make the difference in new hampshire well time will tell much more as we continue our number two of the broadcast is straight ahead
3: life is full of things to manage your work your family your plans and your treatment consider Keytruda, ofatumumab 20 milligram injection you can take it yourself from the comfort of home if you're ready for something different ask your health care provider about Keytruda.
2: We're back in hour number two of the Vince Coakley radio program. I mentioned Chris Christie and one of the stories that was released yesterday afternoon, Mark Halperin, in advance of the actual announcement of Chris Christie getting out of the race. There was this piece that he put out. Two sources say he will not make an endorsement. Christie campaign staffers have not returned requests for comment. We will talk about the implications of a withdrawal. I'm sure lots of conversation about this, but bottom line, he is out and does it really make a difference? Is this going to help Nikki Haley, who is the closest thing to a moderate in this race? I mean, let's get real. And I told you, there's, there's an incredible uproar within those in the MAGA universe who are just absolutely beside themselves. The idea that's been floated of the possibility Donald Trump might pick her to shore up his suburban female support. Is that a good course of action for him? Well, time will tell. <laughs> we will see whether people think That is a brilliant idea strategically in order to win. So we had a debate last night. I'll be honest with you. I didn't watch. I, I think I've already made up my mind anyway, who I'm going to support in this campaign. But I'm frankly, I'm bored by all of it. I really am. I mean, uh, from a practical standpoint. There's no way in hell. I mean, this will, this will tell you where I'm coming from. There's no way in hell I'm going to vote for Nikki Haley. I mean, it's just not going to happen. I'm sure she's a nice person, but this woman is a continuation of business as usual. That's what you're going to get with her. So I do not trust her. It so pretty much tells you who is left <laughs> left standing in this current lineup of republican candidates so the debate what were your thoughts on the debate questions about electability who's showing up and who's not showing up at the debates in fact got an interesting post on social media from my friend bob rucho you remember bob used to be a North Carolina State Senator. I saved this screenshot of something he posted on social media. And to be honest with you, I'm uh, this is not the only reason, but I'm fully with Bob Ruccio on this. Trump did not participate in any twenty twenty four Republican debates. I will not vote for anyone that doesn't participate in the electoral process. Is his ego too big or is he afraid? I think those are appropriate questions. I'm with Bob 100%. Like I told you, that's not my number one reason. I think I've explained thoroughly where I am as it relates to Donald Trump. So now we watch very patiently over the coming week to see what happens on Tuesday with the Iowa caucuses. The expectation is this is going to be a victory for Donald Trump. One of the major questions is, who comes in second? I think this will help determine the course of the future contests. Uh, There had been speculation. I think the Trump people are suspected of putting out there that if, for whatever reason, Ron DeSantis does not perform well, he perhaps could drop out after the Iowa caucuses is he going to wait till new hampshire Um, how is this going to play out that's the question what will we see in terms of the implications of the results of that particular contest coming up in a matter of days the other thing that we're watching very closely the situation that involves war I think it was well I think it was two years ago I expressed some time ago my concern and and this probably even goes all the way back to Afghanistan where I was expressing the concern that I really believe that our opponents our enemies around the world have been carefully watching the United States of America. And they see this as a prime opportunity to get a number of things done that they would not otherwise be able to do. I mean, let's be honest. They would not be trying in any way to... I mean, I think... Let me just give you some examples. I don't think Russia would have moved on ukraine if donald trump were president i have questions as to whether the hamas invasion of israel that terrorist act would that have happened probably not now people are probably shocked here it's like oh wait a second are you praising trump well of course during that period of time when he was in office I think our adversaries understood you do not screw with the United States of America or our allies. Now with Joe Biden in place, I mean, heck, here's a guy who doesn't even know what's going on with his defense secretary. That's the latest piece of evidence that this guy's out to lunch. Why should our adversaries worry at all? So then we have another piece of interesting news. Did you hear about this? Sweden is not a country that you think about every day. And frankly, you don't have any reason to think about Sweden. But the UK Independent has a very interesting story. About their concerns. At least the concern of one leader in Sweden. In fact... A couple of Swedish leaders. Now, there are an interesting number of things going on with Sweden and their geopolitical situation. They want to join NATO. And right now, they are stalled in that process because of Turkey. So Sweden's unable to join NATO until Turkey quits blocking the ratification process over concerns Stockholm is harboring Kurdish terrorists. But here's the concern that is being expressed, and we're going to delve into this coming up after the break. Two top Swedish officials have warned the country should brace for war as it prepares for the first stages of joining NATO war. What in the world are they talking about? Well, we're going to delve into this. Because I think I also share the concern that we're in a place where a lot of people are living in a false sense of security. I mean, thankfully, we've not had a significant conflict, a significant one on the world stage since World War II. What are we talking about 80, 70, 80 years? But I think in the back of many minds, at least the people paying attention, they know full well there's potential this thing that's going on with Ukraine could expand far beyond the boundaries of what we are seeing now. We'll talk about this, the Swedish concern and the implications beyond what they have expressed as we continue our Thursday broadcast. You know, many of us in my age group and certainly older, you know, our concern for many years back during the Cold War was the possibility of a nuclear conflict. When we thought about the possibility of World War III, that was what the concern was. World War III. I remember back in the 80s, I watched this really good segment that Nightline did on how a nuclear war could potentially play out. The scenario that they used was a submarine-launched nuclear attack against the United States by the Soviets. And basically, I think the warning time was like 15 minutes if submarines were used. And they basically do a countdown of what happens, how, of course, our top officials are evacuated, what happens across the country, and what's likely to be the response. You know, the, the Soviets attack first, we respond, we basically destroy each other. This was the concern that our policy was based on what's called MAD, mutually assured destruction, that if a nuclear war ever broke out, we were going to destroy each other. A lot of that concern has pretty much dissipated with the collapse of the Soviet Union. But with the menacing Russians. There are people who are recognizing this thing could actually escalate far beyond where it is now in terms of the conflict between Ukraine and Russia. So we have in Sweden. Two top officials warning the country should brace for war as it prepares for the first stages of joining NATO. During a security conference in western Sweden over the weekend, the country's civil defense minister said action needed to be taken rapidly to mitigate against a looming threat from Russia, pointing to the developing situation in Ukraine as evidence that war could spread to other parts of Europe. This is something that's been discussed way back to the start of this conflict and even before Oscar Carl Oscar Bolin said this many have said it before me, but let me say it with the force of my office. There could be a war in Sweden adding that awareness needed to be translated into practical action, such as investing more heavily on defense spending. I'm glad to see this conversation. Because I think, and I think many of us have concluded, we've got a Europe that is way too dependent on the United States of America. I mean, let's get real. Where would these particular countries be without the United States of America? Where would they be? We know full well. That without the United States of America, the Russian bear would essentially do whatever they want with impunity. And why would they not? They would take the opportunity to completely change the map. This is why you have countries wanting to join NATO. They want and they need the support of other countries. They want this participation in this alliance to protect them from the Russians. So the defense minister goes on to say this effort investing in defense spending can only be made quickly enough that the vast majority of people are aware of the situation and understand what is at stake. This has to be understood. The immediate reaction to his comments was mixed, drawing criticism from former officials while military chiefs praised the call to arms. They know what's going on. They know what time it is. after a children's national helpline there's an uptake in underage callers concerned about an imminent war an ex-prime minister magdalena anderson told swedish tv mr bolin's comments were exaggerated it's not as if war is just outside the door she said it was miss Anderson, who declared Sweden's intention to join NATO back in May of 2022, but Sweden's military commander in chief, Michael Biden, lauded Mr. Bolin's comments on an individual level. You have to prepare yourself mentally. This is a very serious situation. and The clarity unmistakable. It's now about moving from words and understanding to action. Experts have claimed the tone of Mr. Boleyn's warnings reflect a frustration too little is being done to build civil and military defense more so than fears that a war is actually on the horizon. General Biden who visited Ukraine's Eastern front a month ago, clarified his ambition was not to panic the Swedish population, but get more people to think about their own situation and their own responsibilities. So Sweden prepares for NATO membership. Turkey still needs to be convinced to quit blocking Stockholm's application over allegations they're harboring Kurdish terrorists. Conversations over defense spending have been renewed. Prime Minister Ulf Christofferson pledged over the weekend to build double the country's military spending to 2% of the country's GDP in line with NATO requirements. But the latest bill promised to convene only three and a half new brigades. That's about 10 to 15,000 soldiers. Ukraine, by comparison, had 28 brigades when Russia launched its invasion in February 22. Ukrainian president, who addressed the same defense conference the day after Mr. Bolin's comments, called on the two countries to get stronger together. Sweden's foreign minister. Later, said their main foreign policy concern in the coming years will be the support of Ukraine. So, here are folks who clearly understand what is at stake in this very volatile situation in Europe. Still to come on the broadcast, we've had a lot of conversations in recent years about immigration. We have immigration concerns all across the country now, thanks to the movement of these immigrants into the country, illegal immigrants, to other places other than Texas, away from the border states, into places like New York City, to Martha's Vineyard. All of a sudden, people are recognizing, you know what? This is a national security concern, and something has to be done about it. I'm not sure we've discussed this yet, but we will coming up. Outraged parents in New York City. What are they outraged about? We will tell you as we continue the broadcast.
3: Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta.
2: 36 minutes after 11 o'clock the vince coakley radio program breaking news to tell you about as you know we've been following the very messy situation involving the defense secretary lloyd austin and i again remind you uh, let's continue to pray for this man as he fights prostate cancer We now have learned the Pentagon Inspector General is going to review the handling of Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin's undisclosed hospitalization. Robert Storch is his name. He disclosed the review in a memo to Austin, Deputy Defense Secretary Kathleen Hicks and other defense officials. That review will begin this month. The effort will add an independent eye to how Austin received cancer treatment in December and was hospitalized in intensive care for days more recently without anyone at the White House knowing about this. So again, the Pentagon's Inspector General is going to review how this was handled. And I think all of us would agree this is very appropriate and very necessary. Let's talk about illegal immigration. As you know, it's one of the big issues that has been with us largely because of Donald Trump in terms of addressing this issue appropriately, because really for many years, this has been ignored. This is not just Democrats who have played around with this issue, but Republicans as well. Republicans have done diddly squat on this, which is why Donald Trump has really succeeded in Rallying so many Republicans to jump on board and call for real action. Has really been long overdue? This is why Donald Trump's discussion about the border wall has been so important. And now we've got people in other areas who recognize the importance of taking on this issue because they appropriately recognize that it is absolutely vital. It is in our national interests to protect our border. The implications of this are far-reaching. I want to just speak to this locally because I remember years ago, I don't even remember... How many years ago? But I remember there was an effort here in the Charlotte area to do a census, a count on illegal immigrant children within the Charlotte Mecklenburg school system. And the interesting thing is, this was shot down quickly. And you know what the typical arguments are: you know, this is racist, gonna single people out. And it's going to make people afraid blah 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 the real thing the real truth of the matter They do not want people to know how much this is costing us and there is a cost you know that and I know that And while you're working your rear end off to take care of yourself take care of your family We've got this leak of our money our taxpayer dollars That is going to provide educational services and many other things for illegal, illegal immigrants. Now, we can have a conversation about the moral implications of this and what our responsibility would be. I mean, I I get all of those things, but the reality of this is the primary responsibility that is there in this country is to protect and provide for Americans, and to do that first and foremost. You see what's going on in New York City right now? You want to talk about outrage. This is the way the New York Post reports on this. Outraged parents, polls, worried decision to boot New York City students from school for nearly 2,000 migrants will set troubling precedent. You think? These kids were booted from a Brooklyn school to make room for nearly 2,000 migrants during Tuesday's storm. And the concern is this could become part of the city's playbook as officials stumble to keep pace with the runaway migrant crisis. I mean, think about it. You still have people coming in continuously. So you're going to need more and more space. Where are you going to put these people? One assemblyman said, we never know what's going to happen with the weather. They can be moved here again, depending on the weather situation. If the weather is bad again, are migrants supposed to be moved to this school again? Schools are not the place for migrants. As simple as that. At the root of this, a last-minute decision by Mayor Eric Adams to bus hundreds of migrant families from a controversial tent shelter at Floyd Bennett Field to the school five miles away, with asylum seekers forced to nap on a gym floor before getting Russell back to the shelter just hours later. Parents and elected officials rallied outside James Madison High School in Brooklyn over the city's decision to have students learn remotely. After nearly 2,000 migrants were briefly moved there during Tuesday storm. Remote lessons. You remember how well that worked during COVID? The writing was on the wall the minute the city started getting inundated with migrants. That's what one mother said. Only gave her name as Maria. It's disgusting. It should not be put on us taxpayers. And I'm going to. I'm going to venture to guess. I'll bet if you're to to talk to these parents, it doesn't matter whether they're Democrats or Republicans, they are ticked. Her teen daughter, a student at the school, added, I do believe they're putting the life of people who are here illegally and not documented over my life. I'm a 15-year-old girl at the school, wants to get her education and better her life, and she can't come to school today because the day was interrupted by people who aren't supposed to be here. You know what? This is so... You know, one of the things that is effective in political communication, just straight talk. You can't get straighter than that. You really can't. These people don't belong here. Why are we displacing our children? We're sacri- This is the crazy thing. If you want to sacrifice yourself, that's one thing. You want to sacrifice your children for people who don't belong here? Doesn't make any sense, does it? This parent goes on to say, this is really good. One parent calling this a horrible decision. We're concerned how this will affect those students in the future. If it's a one-time thing, but if it's going to be a recurring event, it's definitely not acceptable. The school should not be used. Our kids are supposed to be here feeling safe and able to learn. Many of our kids have regents coming up in February. They just lost a day of school a day of learning yep i'm gonna tell you folks too i wonder when that reckoning comes here to north carolina if there's the courage to ever address this issue just curious choice of music there, Bernie. Some good soul. Back from the, uh, probably one of my favorite musical eras as it relates to R&B, the 70s. I just love that era of music. You heard Boomer mentioning the appearance in the city of Charlotte by our vice president, Kamala Harris. Charlotte Post reported on this. She's making an appearance along with Education Secretary Miguel Cardona to talk about reducing gun violence and meet with educators, parents, and gun safety advocates to announce funding for the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act. Money from the federal program will go to schools across the country for better student access to mental health resources. This is Harris's ninth trip to North Carolina since she was sworn in three years ago. She visited Greensboro in September here in Charlotte last June. to Talk about reproductive rights. You know how they will be beating that drum because this is an issue they believe has worked for them since the overturning of Roe versus Wade. So expect to hear more of that. Joe Biden appointed Harris to oversee the White House Office of Gun Violence Prevention. She announced initiatives to push for states to pass laws requiring safe firearm storage and reporting lost and stolen guns. So far, we've had a mass shooting in 2024. January 4th, a teenager killed a sixth grade student and injured five in Perry, Iowa. So I'm sure we will hear much more about that as this day progresses about the visit from one Kamala Harris. Time for us to take a look at the day in history. Bernie, how are you today?
4: Vince, I'm just fantastic. It's Friday, Junior. I'm, I'm ready for Friday. I'm ready. I got to go to the Hornets game last night. They're terrible. Oh my goodness. But uh, you still had a good time? Right? I had a great time. I was with my wife and uh, one of the producers down the hall at WFNZ, Shroppy. Aaron is his name, but we call him Shroppy. Okay. His last name is Shropshire, so it's uh he's a good kid. Good kid. Had a great time. Was it a good game? Uh, uh no. No. The Hornets oh, lost by really? like 25 points. Yeah, oh, yeah.
2: 25 points. We've got points? a lot of
4: uh, starters out right now. Like a lot of our players are injured, so it was to be expected, but it's I mean, it it's pretty bad every night. Uh, lately, I think we only have eight wins on the season. Yeah, and we're like thirty something games in, so it's it's pretty rough time for for Charlotte sports fans.
2: I was about ready to say this that this isn't just a Panthers fatigue. It's, no, no, it's a Charlotte sports team fatigue. I mean, you could also say the same thing for the new soccer team.
4: I We've mean, come a long way since like 2016 when the Hornets and the Panthers kind of both had it going on at the same time for yeah. just a slim. Just a moment in time. Just a moment in time. Those were
2: a good two years right there. If only. Yeah. Maybe we can see a return. I would love that. In the future. That would be awesome. Let's take a look at the day in history. We have a total of six items here. We begin in 1757. Aaron Burr killed the Secretary of Treasury, Alexander Hamilton. What kind of fight was this? Do you remember? Uh, Was it a... Duel? Yes, you are correct. Oh, yeah. A duel. 1757. This was crazy. 1861. We had Alabama seceding from the Union. Mm. 1864. Retailer George Selfridge came up with this very important phrase about consumers. And you hear this all the time. I think you've probably heard it because it's still being said about customers is it the customer is always right you are brilliant all right that was what he coined back in 1864 wow that long ago i had no idea it was that old but that's where it comes from wow 1878 78 this was delivered in glass bottles for the very first time in brooklyn Milk. milk milk is absolutely correct glass bottles can you imagine that now? I mean, I, I don't know if anybody puts milk in glass bottles anymore. It's all plastic now and recyclable. Pete, Pete
4: said he grew up with that, but I could not imagine that because I don't think I ever experienced glass bottle milk. But that seems dangerous now. People would just yeah litter. That. They would just throw them out of their car. I mean, there was a story. What was it? For like a two-mile stretch, they had someone that's just been leaving diapers <laughs> on the side of the road was oh it you? I heard that on a news story, or I heard it on your show. I heard it on a show here, I think. Oh my goodness, it, that's crazy. That's a, that's people nowadays. So what a crappy story. Sure, oh, oh, Vince, sorry, oh, Vince. <laughs> <laughs> you hear Pete in the background.
2: I couldn't help myself, Pete. I yeah. <laughs> 1948, Harry Truman proposes free two-year college to all who want it, and in 1980. Honda announced it would be building cars at a plant in Ohio. Oh. So, as we close, why not delve into a bizarre story? Shall we do a bizarre story today? I thought I had a bizarre story ready to go. Yes, I do. This one in London. Get a load of this. A man who claimed to be selling Queen Elizabeth II's walking stick. I mean, would you buy something like this, Bernie, in the first place? Absolutely.
4: For the right price,
2: Vince. Gosh. This guy has been sentenced for fraud. This 26-year-old man who tried to sell what he claimed was a walking stick used by the late Queen Elizabeth II has been sentenced. (laughs) This is just absolutely insane. Defrauding eBay buyers. His name is Drew Marshall from New Hampshire. Actually, from Hampshire, sorry about that, in southern England. He claimed he was a senior footman at Windsor Castle. And the proceeds from the sale of the antler walking stick would go to cancer research. The auction reached 540 pounds, $686, before he canceled the listing after learning police that launched an investigation. Found guilty of fraud by false misrepresentation. Well, 12-month community order. So he's got to pay the price idiot. (laughs) That's all the time for the broadcast. Have yourselves a great day and God bless you. Adios.